Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, the show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Crash and the Boys Street Challenge for the NES. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of this game? No, I, I thought you were joking. I thought you made it up. Yeah. Uh, this is this. There's a band in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, that is named after this game. I've seen that movie mm-hmm. one time, but I don't remember. And we and we played the the beat 'em up game when that came out. Yeah, but I don't remember little details like that. <laughs> I think I was surprised to find out that it was an actual NES game because I think the first time I ever heard of it was through the Scott Pilgrim movie. After playing it, I'm kind of surprised that I've never heard of it because yeah. it's a really interesting game. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I want to say that there's not quite anything in my collection like this game. No, it's it's really unique. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it is a sports game. It's a collection of sports games, and you go through five different events. You have a 400 meter run, a uh, hammer golf, which is basically just throwing a ball and chain as far as you can a game called water slaughter which is (laughs) kind of like a swimming race but more like you're just trying to drown each other and first person to drown (laughs) loses you have the skyline scramble which is parkour you're just jumping over the tops of buildings and trying not to fall and die and the final one which is judo or fighting scene depending (laughs) on if you look at the back of the box or in the game and yeah. that's just a fighting, brawling kind of street fighter little thing. So not really a traditional sports game no. in any sense. It's very these it's these unusual events. Yeah. That, uh, and uh place. when first I thought like this is going to be like track and field. NES track and field and I asked you like where's the pad? Cuz when I was a kid we played NES track and field where you had the the power pad thing and you had to like run on it or jump or whatever mm-hmm. and it was okay i remember always just like getting really tired and <laughs> being frustrated that it didn't respond super well but this was yeah. a lot more fun than that yeah i bet i i um my hands kind of hurt a little bit so i wonder if if the track and field pad might have provided some relief there was definitely one, times but- yeah, when we were kids, we would sit down on our knees and just smack the thing with our hands, the power pad, the, the trackpad thing, whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, the, the game kind of has a lot of similarities to like Mario Party mini games where yeah. you're just like trying to mash buttons as fast as you can. And uh, like in the running one, you're trying to hit the the right arrow on the D-pad as fast as you can with your left hand. And then you have to be jumping or like hitting stuff with your, with your A and B buttons. And you might like be picking up a board to throw at somebody. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, and then there's some other games like the, the, the hammer golf thing where you're just trying to like mash B as fast as you can Mm -hmm. and then throw it. And yeah, there was definitely some of that aspect of it. Like mini game, just mashing buttons as fast as you can. Yeah. Thankfully there's no analog stick like the N the N64 controller to spin as fast as you can and burn holes in the palm of your hand. Yeah, like with the weird grooves on top that like really make your thumbs hurt. Yeah, you knew you were a hardcore Mario Party player if you had like a golf glove or like a leather glove so you could uh, spin the stick really fast without oh. cutting your hand open. Mario Party was so bad for the stick on the N64 controller. Oh, I remember just like it turning to dust that white stick you just yeah. have like white dust around the edges of the 
the D, whatever that was called, the analog stick thing. Yeah, one of my like weird OCD pet peeve things with N64 controllers is when the, the stick is just a little floppy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who gave me a GameCube controller because the stick was just a little bit wiggly like that. And I'm like, dang, sure, I'll have your GameCube controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of weird when it comes to OCD stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in and talk about what this game does well. And I think yeah. that there is quite the list for me anyway. Yeah. What do you have first? I think the very first thing you have to say is that this game is really fun. Yeah. And uh, that was not my initial reaction to this game. Right. I really wanted to like this game because it starts up and you have this cool intro scene. There's some <laughs> really good music. The art is really cool, really unique. Um, and I wanted to love this game. We played through the entire game and we finished and I was not loving this game. Then we played again two more times and by the end of it, I was having a really good time. I had figured out the mechanics of some of the mini games. I had actually started to win some of the mini games and it went from being something that was really difficult and I didn't understand and wasn't having a whole lot of fun with to something that I was really, really enjoying. Yeah, I agree. Um, the first, so this game is a lot of fun once you know what you're doing. Yeah. And each, so it's got five different events and they're all very different. And so it's, it's kind of like learning to play five different games. Absolutely. And so when we started the game, the game uh, supports up to four players. You don't need the NES multi-tap. It's two players at a time for some of the events. And so you just pass the controller for up to four players. But the first time that we played, we only selected two players and then we fought against three computer-controlled teams. When we played subsequent times, which is when we had more fun too, was when we put it on four players and we just played every event ourselves. Yeah, the less computer you have in this game, the better it is. You're always going to have the one computer team no matter what. But if you can play, if you're playing two people, I'd recommend each of you controlling two teams. And if you have four people available, go for it. It's going to be way more fun than playing the computer. Yeah, so once you know what you're doing, this game becomes a blast, especially if you're... I mean, I don't think it would be as much fun if you were just playing it by yourself. No. Um, You probably wouldn't win anything. Like, the computers are really powerful. Uh, I think every single game we played, the computer ended up getting first place at the end of the competition. Yeah, it's like I said to you before we, you know, started, I was like, I've really been looking forward to playing this game with you for a long time, just (laughs) because, like... I bought it and I've played it a couple times, but it was just like, I really want to play this with a friend or four because this game is actually like, and it came out at the end. Like this game is like super competitive once you know what you're doing. Oh yeah. Like the last thing that we did was, was a, a hurt toll race, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hurdles, but spelled H U R T hyphen L E S. Cause you're not just <laughs> running. You're also throwing pieces of wood at each other. You're yeah. jump kicking each other as you're trying to complete a 400 meter dash. So hurt holes. Yeah. So there's like this whole thing where you're running and you're doing jumping spin kicks to like either kick your opponent or like dodge the boards that they're throwing at you. Cause like when you're running, you're tapping right to run and then the B button jumps and the A button like does a shoulder charge. Yeah. So you can like literally just shoulder charge through most of the hurdles. Um, which, if you time it correctly. If you time it correctly. And if you just crash through them on accident, they take away your health, which is a whole other component that I'm sure we'll talk about with this game. But since it was the last event and we've been playing this game for probably, what, over two hours, I think. Yeah. Because to play all the five events with all the teams takes a little while. But 
it, I was like screaming at the top of my lungs because oh, it was yeah. like super competitive and you you came back at the very end and like beat me twice in a row and then I beat you once and it was like just I don't know it was it was the such a great fun like intense time with your friend for sure and like going back to your point about how the game has good variety the the simpleness of the game like it's simple but deep like each game mode has a lot of stuff and it seems really simple at first but you really have to wrap your mind around all the strategy and it kind of reminds me of super dodgeball a little bit um and that's a game that i always got bored with pretty quickly when i was a kid because it's so you know it's just one game you're just playing dodgeball and i feel like these each of these five games would be pretty weak on their own like that Mm -hmm. but as since they're all packaged together and part of a greater thing, it makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up Super Dodgeball because it's the same developer. Okay, that makes sense because the art <laughs> style, the art style is really familiar. Yeah, and so it, while we're on the topic, they also made um, River City Ransom, Nintendo World Cup, and the Double Dragon series on the NES. Okay. Did they make a volleyball game too? I feel like I had a soccer slash volleyball game where you could play either of them. I didn't see that on their wikipedia okay maybe that was something else but all of those games have a similar art style and these guys in this game are that same like cute Mm. little chubby like no neck kind of guys and uh yeah that makes sense that's really cool actually it's funny this game is apparently it's part of a series like called kunio kun in japan and there's like over 20 of these games oh wow i don't know if they all have the exact same graphics like double dragon doesn't look the same but like river city ransom is the exact same graphics. Like if you look up on the wall, that guy there, I might, I'm pointing to a bead sprite. It's the same exact style of character that you see in this game. Yeah, they so have a, some overlap in all of the graphics. They definitely have a, a style that they, they like to stick with. That's really interesting though. Which also brings up an interesting point too, is we were talking about like they all have the same style character, but they have like different faces. And it's super interesting the way that they're able to actually get so much variety out of uh, these tiny sprites and make so much expression and these different characters with dif- different eyes and different hairstyles and different mouths and all that stuff. I had that down as one of my pros too. The game just has a ton of character. It has a ton yeah. of characters, but the game itself has a lot of character. Like the art style is really strong. The music is really good. Um, it just like all of this stuff, there's like little funny stuff. Whenever your guy yeah. like flies off a building or is getting drowned or whatever, they make these funny faces. Yeah. Every single character, I think there's five, 10, 15, 20, like 20 or 25 characters. Cause yeah. there's five dudes on each team and they each have a different hairstyle or facial expression. They might have the same pose, but they'll, they'll look a little bit different. And I was just really amazed at how much they were able to do with an NES game. I was really blown away that this was an NES game. Yeah. One of the the thing about all the characters is like their names is something I have written down oh, yeah. that the game did well. Like I have a list of some of the names in the games. You have Crash, Cheese, Dragon, Noise, Sting, Spoon, Spreck, Clint, Milo, Wheels. Like they're just silly. They were like, let's find as many one syllable <laughs> English words as we can, and then once we run out of those, we'll just put some random names in there, like Milo and Clint. Yeah. It's great. Crash. Barnes. I love that Crash is the protagonist. Crash and the boys. Yeah. Which is funny because the story, you know, Crash and the boys keep winning these events, and whoever the antagonist was was like, we're going to have a street challenge. Nobody cares about that guy. And it's going to be over for them. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the story. Crash and the boys. <laughs> they keep winning every track meet. 
And so you get this opening cut scene where this guy comes in and he's complaining to his dad who's in like this penthouse of an office sky rise <laughs> and the dad like disowns the son and he's like, I can't have a son who's a loser. And then he's like, give me one more chance. I'm going to, I'm going to put together this street event and we're going to have these five things. And they give him, they give him the best athletes from the company of 900,000 yeah. employees <laughs> and he puts together the team. And that's why you keep losing. That's right. why you keep losing to this team. Cause they're the best out of almost a million people. <laughs> And that's like the story, and it's it's really cool, like that you get a story in this simple sports game it's on really, the NES. It's really cool that these high schoolers are trying to murder each other in sports events. Oh yeah, I mean, one of the game is literally drown the opponent. <laughs> well, not to mention that the you're literally jumping across buildings. You're like pole vaulting across buildings. Yeah, like that's the whole the whole thing is just you're trying. I mean, it starts with the it starts with a foot race that includes some like light violence, and then you end with a straight up street brawl. Yeah, judo, or you're just I don't even know. It's it's a fun little yeah, judo game. I was game. surprised at how much kind of I don't want to say depth was there, but it's a two button fighter. But there really was a good amount of strategy involved. Yeah, but overall, the five modes all feel distinct and they all feel fun. Yeah. For sure. So the game has a lot going for it in, the, in that department. Another thing that really stands out to me is that this is a four-player game on the NES. You don't need a multi-tap. You only need the two controllers. Yeah. And you can really get four people involved. It's not like how Mario is a two-player game and it's yeah. really just watching each other play. Mm-hmm. Um, when you play this two players and you select the four-player mode, there's a chance that you might end up having your two teams go against each other, which we didn't really see as diminish, diminishing the fun at all. But yeah. playing this with four people would be a ton of fun. And the fact that that's an option is something that you don't really see very often on NES games. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I wish that we could have played this with four people. I feel like it would be interesting. Um, in the same way that like Mario Party is interesting. I mean, yeah. this really kind of fits in the same genre as Mario Party, but it was way ahead of Mario Party. I would say the one difference is Mario Party. Like all of the games are so simple that you can just pick them up and play. You can introduce any friend to Mario Party and they're going to be able to pretty much get it right away. This game, you're probably not going to like have a ton of fun until everybody's gone through it one time. Yeah, for sure. It definitely takes some getting used to. Uh, Do you have anything else that stands out to you? So this game has um, three modes. It has normal, short, and practice. And so there's five events in the normal mode. You play all five the short mode, you play the three that you choose and then practice, you're just choosing one event. And I really appreciate that. The first time we played the five events, it took a while, probably, what, 30 minutes to get through all five events or something? I Yeah, maybe more than that. It seemed like just under an hour, maybe. Yeah, it took a, a long time. So, And it felt faster when we put it on four players. I don't know if it just... Well, you weren't sitting there watching the computer yeah. anymore. And that was part of the slog of the first time through is like, oh, I'm going to watch two computer opponents square off against each other. Yeah. So the last time we played through, we played the short mode, with, which was three events that we picked. And I appreciate that it lets you sort of choose how many you want to play at a time. Yeah. If you're like, I cannot beat the swimming mode, you can be like, oh, okay, we can just play without the swimming mode. Yeah. It's nice that they give you that option. Right. The last thing that I had written down and what this game does really well is the music. And I really liked the music in the intro and on the menu screen and the outro. And even the the stuff during the game wasn't as strong as the the bookends of the game. 
I'm not sure if the music was like actually really awesome or if the last two games we played were just so poor in the music <laughs> department that this one just stands out more. But there was a few times where we're like we're sitting there in the the end credits and we we're just like both bopping our heads and we listened to almost the entire track. It was, yeah, it's no, good I stuff. Think, I think the music is legitimately good in this one. Yeah, um, I don't think it's just because the last two were bad, but there were like we just turned on the game and we were like, yeah. And then the end after you finish an event, it's an advertisement for a ice challenge game in the same series that yeah, well, it was, never it was came out. Crash and the Boys Ice Hockey. Stay tuned for Crash and the Boys Ice Hockey. Ice Challenge. Ice Challenge, ice whatever. Challenge. We could all tell I it think was it, ice hockey. I think it came out in Japan on Super Nintendo, but I don't think uh, it ever came out here. That's a shame. Yeah, I think they had a few challenge games that oh. got announced that were never released in the U.S. I wonder if it would have been like you're going to do like an ice skating and a hockey and a curling and like a bunch of different ice sports. I wonder if I could just buy it on eBay and we can play it or something. All right. I, I feel would, like that would be fun. I'd be down for some more Crash in the Boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, I think the music's good. I don't remember. I don't know if it was because I was just invested in the gameplay that I, I don't recall what the the track sounded like during gameplay but i know when i wasn't playing you know during the menus and stuff i was like yes this is great music i'm just glad that there was music during the gameplay and it wasn't like nba jam where you're just like sitting there awkwardly with music yeah um a couple more things i have uh i have like the graphics as a whole like one of the things i pointed out initially was like parallaxing backgrounds um this game came out in 1992 so it was one of the later NES releases, and at this point, they, you know, a lot of developers had figured out how to make these like really great looking NES games, and I think yeah. this is one of those games where the backgrounds look very detailed and they move in an interesting way with the parallaxing that just makes the game look good. I think the cartoony style too helps a lot because you didn't need a ton of like fine texture. Yeah, they did a really good job. Of, it had a really strong art style, which we've talked about. Yeah, and it's definitely this studio figured out what worked for them and they just ran with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the last thing that I have is the, uh, the upgrades. So when you place in events, you get a certain amount of metals and then between each event, you can go to the, the store and buy like stat upgrades or like specific upgrades equipment that will help you do better in an event and how you win. As far as we could tell, there's no like obvious way, but I think according to the manual, you win by getting the most medals. Like gold, silver, and bronze medals. Yeah. So like if you go to the store and you spend 15 gold medals, that may give you a huge advantage in the next event, which will help you place better and get more medals. But then you're like losing 15 gold medals from your total. And so you might not win the event if you're buying these upgrades. And so there's an interesting sort of risk reward to the the medal system. And so the medals really add... Uh, a nice element of depth to the game that I think really helps break it up or, or add something to it, you know, more than just playing these sports over and over and over again in, in a sort of vanilla fashion. Yeah, I wasn't sure where to put the item upgrades. Uh, I have it right in the middle, which is a good segue, I guess, as we move out of what it does well and into what it doesn't do well, because I do like the items, the shops. In between, you know, you you start each event and you got your guy and you can go to the shops. And I like that you can go and you have that risk reward. Am I going to spend my medals and maybe do better in this event? Or am I going to keep them and hopefully win the whole thing? I like that aspect of it. 
but I feel like it does slow the game down a little bit, especially if you're playing yeah. with somebody who's indecisive. Um, thankfully, with just two of us controlling four teams, like we were pretty quick to go through the menus. But you do have these four different shops, and you can do all this different stuff. And I can see how it can slow it down when if you just want to like get back into the gameplay. Also, you the, the menu system isn't super good, so you have to like say yeah, what does this item do, sure. and then the person will tell you this is what the item does, and then you have to go back, and then you can buy it. Um, the bronze medals, you get 10 bronze medals equals a silver medal. 10 silver medals equals a gold medal. Almost everything costs gold medals, but there were a few things that would cost bronze or silver. And uh, most of them were like really expensive. I remember they're like, there's one for the final event, the judo event that costs 25 gold. And I can't, just, I can't imagine anything being so good to justify 25 gold. And you don't really even know what it does sometimes. Well, to be fair, I did buy that one. You did. And I just completely dominated the judo event. So, But even if you win a whole event, I think you only get 15 gold. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was, there was just like a little bit of ambiguity about the medals and the fact that it can slow down getting right back into the gameplay. So I liked them, and they also were something that could have been done a little bit better. Yeah, I think it could have been done a little bit better, but I also think that once you go through the game a few times, you know what everything does. That's true. And there's only four items in each shop, and there's only three shops. So like one. Well, of the there's sh- four shops. One of them is just completely worthless. <laughs> <laughs> there's one where you can you can buy hints, or you can buy encouragement or inspiration, <laughs> and you literally pay two silver to have the computer character on two screen. Bronze. Two bronze. Okay, whatever it is, you pay good hard cash to have the computer say you can do it i believe in you yeah that's hilarious and so i spent it to see like oh inspiration maybe that's gonna like up my stats nope um which we haven't really talked about yet but every single character all five characters on the team and there's five teams they all have different stats you have your hp which is obvious you know that's how much health you have you have a strength stat a speed stat and a defense stat and you yeah. kind of, you know, some of the events require you to be more fast. Some of them require you to have uh, more power. And so you want to pick the guy and you want to, like, try to figure out which person to use for each event because you don't want to use up your really good guy and then have him not have any HP for yeah. later when you want to use him for the fight or something. We should explain that, too, because we didn't touch on that yet. Every uh, So you pick one character per event per yeah. team. And they have an HP meter. And so if you're in a, a an event where you're fighting another person like the swimming or the judo or the running or the run. Yeah. Um, you can drain the other person's HP. And if you take a person with low HP into another event, they could lose more easily. And yeah. so there's some, some level of strategy to who you want to pick. And that comes back to the stores. Cause there's one store where you can refill a person's HP because the team captain's usually the best one. Yep. And if you lose your captain in an, in an early event, you may want them back for later events, but it's really expensive. Yeah. It was like 25 gold to get your HP back, which again is a ton. Yeah. It's weird because there's only, there really is only five events. The top place takes, gets 15 medals. The second place gets five. Yep. Um, and third place gets one, I think. Or something. I don't know. It's not very know. much. It, it drops yeah, off know. really fast. So, I mean, let's bring math into it again. Here we go. This is three episodes in a row where we bring right? math into it. So if you were to come in first place in all five events, you would have 75 medals. Yeah. Which is, no, that's not right. 15 apiece. Don't, don't make me do math. I'm going to trust whatever you say. Nope, that is right. <laughs> I have a a headache. I think we're going to just end the episode here. 
So anyways, yeah, um, there's shops, which I think is a good thing. I think they're a good thing too. I just, yeah, it does definitely have a little bit of room to have been done better. Yeah. All right. I think we can head into what this game doesn't do so well. And for me, the number one thing has to be the difficulty of the game, the initial difficulty, the learning curve, if you will. Yeah. Um, Because like I said, after that first time of going through, I was like pretty bummed because I really wanted to like this game. Like that opening cutscene is so (laughs) endearing. And you're like, man, this is such a cool story. It's good art. The music is good. They actually drop like a couple of chiptune versions of classical music in the first opening scene. Yeah. You have like the bum, 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 bum when the dad is telling his son that he's going to disown him. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And I, I just really liked everything about the game other than the gameplay. <laughs> but then on subsequent playthroughs, I really began to understand the controls and I began to like it a lot. But there is that initial difficulty and the computer player. Even if you play with four players, you're always going to have that fifth player, which is a computer. And they're really difficult. Yeah. And I could see you mastering this game and eventually being able to beat it. But the, it is a really steep level of entry for this game. Yeah, the AI on this one is rough. Um, one of the things that I have written down that the game didn't do well is the, the controls are complex, um, which can be overcome, but the game becomes pretty difficult early on if you're not, cause we, we were like looking at the manual. We were actually reading the manual on this one to try to figure out yeah. what everything And the manual, was. the manual doesn't have the best English. It doesn't have the best uh, descriptions. So I actually found some stuff online that helped a little bit more. And like I said, once you are playing this game through more times, especially if you're playing on four players with two people, so you're getting mm-hmm. two times every time time yeah. through to really get the hang of it, you do start picking it up. And like I said, by the by the last time we were playing through, we were having those like judo matches and we were like really getting into it. We were like yeah. screaming. <laughs> it was like that's how you know a game is good is when you're so into it that like you're falling off the couch and you're screaming and you're just like getting pumped up. Yeah. And so you get there. It just takes a while to get there. Yeah. It's not one of those easy to pick up, hard to master. It's like hard to pick up, hard to master games. So yeah. like the more, I feel like if we came back to this one over and over again, it would get more fun um, yeah. as we gain more and more mastery over it. Just because there really is that sense of um, satisfaction for uh, sure, winning in this game. Yeah. Like I said earlier, this game would be really, really fun to play with four people. Um, I would just think that it might be difficult to get your friends to play a second yeah. time. So you'd have to be like, no, guys, listen, this game is really good, but like, <laughs> it won't be until the second hour when you're really, really having a good time. Yeah, right. So it is one where you need to go into it with the right group of people. And uh, this game is a lot of fun, but that definitely is a, a downside to it. Yeah. One thing that we might want to say about the difficulty of this game is that there is a practice mode that lets you play just one event. So if you really want to get good at playing that one event, you could theoretically put it on four players and play through all four people by yourself on that practice mode yeah. and just get a lot of practice on it. So mm. there is that opportunity there. Um, but it's just, you know, if you want to pick it up and play with some friends, you're not going to be able to do that right away. No, not the first time if you came back to it though you know it gets easier every time it's just confusing because like every event is different it's literally like playing five different games yeah and it's not like the games aren't simple like in swimming like the goal is to drown your opponent but you have to go up to the top and get oxygen every once in a while yeah you have two bars you have your health bar and your oxygen bar and you want to get their health bar all the way down to kill them in the bottom of the swimming pool (laughs) 
But their health bar doesn't start going down until their oxygen bar is depleted. So you got to get them underwater. And then once their oxygen's gone, then their health starts going down. You can punch them to make their health go down. But the real way you want to kill them is get them on the bottom of the pool with no oxygen. And then they'll yeah. really start dying quickly. And if both people are at the top of the, the pool, you can like jump on their heads. Or if you swim underneath somebody, you can pull them under. And then you can grapple with them and punch them in the face. And like that's completely different than everything else in the game. Yeah. That's and so, even completely different from the actual fighting mode. Right. So, I mean, the complexity of the controls can certainly be overcome, but there's a lot of learning to really get into this one. Yeah. For me, the really the only other big thing that stands out to me for what this game does poorly is if you are playing one player or two player or a version of this game where you have to watch the computer, that really isn't a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So the first time we played through, when we, it was just the two of us, we had it on two-player mode. That means there was three computer players, and so you had a good amount of time when you were just sitting there and watching the computers play each other, mm. and uh, that's not great. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed watching the computer to some extent just to see what the game actually was. Yeah, which is great on the four-player mode when you only have to watch the computer one time. Which is good because then you can see, okay, that's how you do it. Yeah. But when there's three or four computer players yeah. and you got to watch them take their turns, that's, you know, you want to play mm-hmm. a game to play a game. If you wanted to watch cutscenes, I guess you'd play a Telltale game. <laughs> it was nice, though, because we failed miserably at the pole vaulting slash unicycle skyscraper oh, yeah. jumping. But we never got good at that one. No, our record was like seven buildings, um, whereas the computer got up to 18 got to the the finish line which was hey we saw the finish line yeah so i appreciated that about watching the computer yeah in the in that parkour uh skyline scramble whatever it is you're on the tops of these buildings and each building will either have a pole vault stick or a unicycle and (laughs) you have to you (laughs) you either have to get on the unicycle and ride across a tightrope or grab the pole vault stick and get the exact right timing to launch over to the next building and you actually managed to use the pole vault multiple times successfully i never once got it to work the unicycle i had a little bit more luck with and uh yeah it's just a it's kind of strange you have to go fast because you need enough speed to like get over the buildings yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotta go fast but you don't want to go too fast because then you run right past the unicycle or the pole vault and then you plunge off the end of the building. You do get a really fun death animation, but not as fun as actually playing the game. As we're sitting here talking about this event, I'm just, I love this street challenge so much. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I just love, like, I can't, I hate our rival school for beating us. Yeah. I know what we'll do. We'll play you know, hammer throw golf. <laughs> we'll do skyscraper <laughs> jumping. <laughs> listen, pops, dad, listen up. I need you to give me four of your best employees, dad. <laughs> and here's what we're gonna do. There's these miners, these kids, you see, from a rival school, and I need your adult employees to come and beat them up and drown them in a pool <laughs> and throw stuff at them on the track and uh, yeah, jump off of buildings. And uh, we need one more event. Uh, I got this ball and chain. We're going to see who can throw it 600 <laughs> yards the first. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Dad, I hate crash, cheese, dragon, and noise. <laughs> you forgot. I think you forgot Spike, maybe? Uh, sting. Sting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I just, yeah, the uh, this game has such a, a character to it. I just love that 
character so much. If you play this game and don't watch the opening cutscene, you don't have a soul. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's that good. Oh, man. This is the game. This is, this is one of those games where the story is so important to actually enjoying it. <laughs> okay. Because it gives you so much more depth. Like, it's just kind of bizarre on its own. But once you realize that it's a bunch of high school kids fighting to the death in, like, twisted, bizarre track and field events, <laughs> then it's so much better. Yeah. I don't think that I would have even wanted to give this game a second playthrough if I didn't have like a love already for the, yeah. uh, for everything else that was going on in the oh, game. Man, it's so good. Um, the I have two more things that I don't think the game did so well. Uh, the first one is in the swimming event, you can't tell who's who when you're underwater. No, they both turn blue. Yeah, they're both like the same sprite, unless they have like different eyes and you remember which character was yours, which is kind of hard to do sometimes. Um, so we got confused and like somebody was drowning, but we didn't realize it was us. Yeah. And so it's, they could have done that better. Yep. But probably hardware limitations because if a coin goes bouncing in this game, the slow, it slows down. Yeah. The only time you had to slow down <laughs> in the whole game was when in the fighting sequence, if you punch somebody every now and then, not every time, just randomly, they'll lose a medal and it bounces across the stage, and that was the only thing that slowed the whole game down. <laughs> yeah, the game runs perfectly, and it, the game runs fast. It's yeah. not like a, a slow game, you know, where you're running against another person, and you've got parallaxing and all this crazy stuff going on. What's it called in NES games where, like, your sprite flashes and you can't... Flicker. Out- yeah, there wasn't even flicker in this game, I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think there was any slowdown besides the coins bouncing. Yeah, it was a really well-made game. Yeah, it was 92, so hopefully... You know, by this time, yeah, I'd be curious to dig through everything that came out in 1992 and, and see what, how well all those games actually run because they probably do run pretty well. Yeah, but um, the last thing that I have written down that I don't think the game did well, and this isn't, this may not be a real knock against the game, but my thumbs were like sore <laughs> from like jamming the NES controller. This like rectangle sharp, like it's not a fun. Um, shaped controller to try to like mash buttons on, especially like the D-pad and stuff. No, it's not super ergonomic. No, but I don't know that that's a real critique against the game, but maybe it is because that's the design of the game is is button mashing in a lot of ways. See, that's a pro for me because you were able to mash them so much faster than me that that was the only way that I had a chance to compete was <laughs> by the your thumbs bleeding to slow you down a little bit. I still, they don't hurt as bad as they did sometimes when I would like, do all day sessions when I wouldn't have school of N64. Yeah. No, like, that's... Let's beat Star Fox 64 all the way through in one sitting. Like, I think the N64 controller was less of a controller and more of a torture device. Yeah. It's that... It's that. Who puts ridges on a thing that you're going to be... <laughs> it's like... That's not covered in rubber like they yeah. are now, but... Strange. Yeah. It's like, let's put pla- sharp plastic as your control input. We had a one of those n64 like turbo controllers like the black ones that were shaped kind of more like how controllers are shaped today and the top of the analog stick had snapped off and so it was just like a pointy metal nub and you would seriously be bleeding after playing smash bros with that for 10 minutes that's wonderful i actually wonder if this game would have been better and i mentioned it and you're like i don't think so with the the, (laughs) that i don't know the exact name of it whatever the action pad the joystick there's a like a oh. joystick with the big A and B buttons and yeah, yeah, yeah. A giant like. Stick. I thought you were talking about the, like the actual cloth pad thing no. on the floor, whatever that was called. No, 
Yeah, I've never actually played with a fancy NES controller. I've only ever had the cheap, like, rectangular ones. I don't think I would want to play with the, the joystick in almost any NES game that I can think of, but this particular one, I think it would have controlled a little bit better. My grandparents had the big joystick, like the big boxy joystick. It, yeah. Um, but the only NES game that they had was Monopoly. <laughs> so I don't think I ever got to use that thing to its fullest. Yeah, well, I don't have one. Maybe I will get it at some point and we can uh, put that through its paces. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think the game had anything bad that it did. No, I'm, I'm actually surprised that I only have two and a half things on my list two and a half things yeah and you pretty much talked me out of the half things so two things (laughs) right so um what do you think you would pay for the experience you just had oh man see this is an interesting one because i think this would be a lot of fun i have uh three brothers there's four of us if we had this game when we were kids we would have played it like crazy yeah um now I have a switch just full of party games mm-hmm. that are a ton of fun that are easy to pick up. And so even if I brought this like to a group and I was like, Hey, I want to play some party games. I don't know if this would be the one that I would play, but I know yeah. that if we got the right group of people together, we would have a ton of fun with this game. Yeah. Uh, so if this was in the switch eShop, I would pay like four bucks for it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's above average for you, I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because this game actually is in the 3DS and the Wii U eShop. Really? Yeah. I have a Wii U somewhere. Yeah. On and a shelf in a box somewhere. On the eShop, it's five dollars. Dang. Yeah. Now is I it don't five know, bucks or four ninety nine? Four ninety nine. Okay. All right. Um. I don't know if you would really want to play this on a 3DS by yourself. No, that would be yeah, awful. Not so much, right? Um, but it's on Wii U, which probably means there's a chance this might come to Switch at some point. Yeah, maybe. Which would be a fun little thing that'll be included my, with their online service or something. My hypothetical eShop thing would actually come into play. Yeah. Um, so you pay $4 for it. I think, man... Um, what would I pay for the experience I just had? It's hard to separate because I just looked at the price tag of what I paid for this game. Ooh. And I'm like, am I thinking what I'm thinking just because I looked at that price tag? Or am I thinking what I'm thinking because it's actually a real feeling? Uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say $20 on this one. Dang. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you had a good time with it. Yeah, I did have a good time with it. Um, this game has never been a disappointment to me. I've had it for a few years. And it's been one of those games where I've kind of been waiting to like play it in the right context with yeah. somebody else who would like equally appreciate it. Yep. AKA you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I like loaned it off to my friend who like got back into NES collecting and like plays with, uh, plays NES games with his kids sometimes. And I was like, you guys should play this. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know if you ever played it, but <laughs> he had it for a few months, but I was like, this is a great game. More people need to know about it. And I never knew about it growing up and all that stuff. So um, 20 bucks is what I think the experience I just had is worth. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, what do you think it's going for on eBay? Okay. So it's a later NES game. You have taught yes. me through this podcast. So that means that it is probably more rare. Um, I had never heard of it before. It's a good game. All yeah. those things kind of go together to make me think that this is probably like a $35 game. 
Wow. Yeah. Um, the range that I kind of saw on eBay was like 27 to 38. All right. Ish. There was no like trending number. Price charting says that this game is trending for about $28, $28, $29. All right. Um, so yeah, that's probably, that's probably pretty close. I'm proud of you. I that know. was a good guess. I, I don't know if I'm getting better at this, but like, I feel like that's three episodes in a row where I've gotten a guess right. Yeah. I mean, the last two episodes, we had a whole bunch of guesses, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, cause we had all those different platforms for Spider-Man and for NBA Jam, but yeah. man, I might be getting better at this or I might just be getting lucky, but I feel like if you're Maybe a person, some of column A, some of column B. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take a little of each. Yeah. I feel like if you're a person who collects NES cartridges and this one has funny box art and mm-hmm. um, cartridge art. So if you are that kind of person, 28 bucks isn't crazy for a good game like this. No, not at all. Um, I think with the caveat, like if you've got people to play it with, like I don't think it's a solo experience really. No. Um, I think we've said that a few times and I will still empathetically empath. empath- Emphatically? Emphatically? Emphatically. That's a good word. I will do that, and I will say no. Yeah. But if you got people to play with, um, I am going to say worth it. See, for me, like, I'm not going to spend 28 bucks on a cartridge. That's not me. But the fact that it has been out on digital places for, for 5 bucks, that's only just a little bit more yeah. than what I was thinking. And I would also have to say worth it because it was yeah. a fun game. I actually paid $25 for this one. Nice. So it's right in that price range. And that was a couple of years ago. So it hasn't really gone up that much, but I think it's, it's still worth it at that price range. If it was, you know, 40 or more, I would have to say no. But I think since you can get a copy for 30 bucks or less, yep. like I got to say that that one's worth it at 30 bucks. I agree. So do you have anything else about this game? About anything. About anything. I don't have anything more to say about this game. But as always, if you are not following us on social media, you are missing out. We go and dig through the depths of the internet to find retro nostalgia that will take you back to the 80s and 90s and 2000s. And I've been finding some really cool stuff. Just this morning, I downloaded a whole bunch of videos that we're going to be sharing throughout the next few weeks. So, you need to get on there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at W-I-O-W podcast. That's worth it or worthless podcast. And uh, we don't just post stuff about the show. We post stuff about retro gaming and history mm-hmm. and old ads and commercials. And it's a lot of fun. I haven't seen a lot of this stuff. Some of this stuff is things that other people really haven't seen. I try to find stuff that is rare or little known. And so you should check it out. Yeah, I think that's uh, going to wrap this one up. I think so, too. All right. Thank you guys for listening. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.